Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO, OK Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be getting into today. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. Steve Zeck. Hi. And Carlton Smith. Hello. Today, we will be discussing the eight most recent episodes of OKKO OK that have aired on television up to The Power Is Yours, which aired on October 9th, 2017. Uh, you can find more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, you can subscribe to us, our general feed, or our OKKO-centric OK feed at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, or you can search for Overly Animated on your favorite podcatcher. And of course, wherever, wherever you listen to us, we appreciate your reviews and, and ratings. But yeah, so we'll be going through eight different episodes of OKKO, OK so a, a big batch to catch up with since TKO, which was the, the last episode we covered, and that was, a, that was a big one. But we have a Stop Attacking the Plaza, we've got Fleas, No More Pow Cards, A Hero's Fate, Let's Have a Stakeout, Rad Likes Robots, KO's Video Channel, and The Power is Yours. Uh, also, ahead of time, we're aware that there are two episodes that are already available on Cartoon Network's app, but since they haven't aired on television yet, we'll wait to cover those till our till the next time we come back to talk OKKO. But we'll be focusing up to the power is yours. But uh, yeah, but, uh, before we get into this, uh, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, we have a, a new entry to our, our podcast, Carlton Smith. Um, uh, I, Michelle, and Steve have already talked a little bit about our general impressions with the show. But uh, how about you, Carlton? Like now that we've gotten this deep into the show, what's your general impressions on like uh, how good it is, or what it's trying to do, and like what what calls your attention to it? So one of the first things I noticed was the amazing theme theme music. In fact, actually, after I first watched it, I tried to find covers or a longer version of it. But then, really, just getting into it from uh, Ko's voice actresses, uh, one of which used to voice Kid Goku in the original Dragon Ball series and Dragon Ball GT, it's just such a lighthearted and funny show that I really enjoyed. And there's a bit of the early Steven Universe in there, and and you can tell because Ian worked on both. But I really enjoy just how exciting it's about to get because just like Steven Universe did, they actually you know lured us in with this nice lighthearted funny part, and then they started dropping some plot. A little bit later on and i think that's what we're really going to see in these next eight episodes following tko mm -hmm. yeah and actually t talking about that a little with uh, to, to steve and michelle here do you think that we're ramping up to something after watching these eight episodes or do you think we're, we're about at the same rhythm as we've been going or uh, how, how do you feel the show is going in terms of pacing so far let's go to you michelle first um i mean uh, I, I i'm gonna honestly they say about the same even though um let's have a stakeout did give us like a little more of shadowy figures like motivations i feel like we're about where we we're, we're going somewhere i i think that's pretty clear but how long we have to wait till like the finale to get there i'm not sure at this point we haven't gotten a lot farther getting backstory on point yet which is something I really hope we get into because, you know, we've been seeing that flashback of the sandwich drop at least like four times now. And I just really want to know more. But I think we're going about the same pace we have been for the past handful of episodes. But I would not be surprised if we're gearing up towards something really plotty soon. Okay. And uh, you, Steve, are, are you expecting something big very soon? Do you think that let's have a stakeout was the biggest we're going to get for a while? Or how do you feel about the rhythm here? I don't know. I think uh, at this pace, we should be getting something big very soon. 
since Cartoon Network just airing these episodes like nonstop. Like regularly, we get like two episodes a week. Sometimes maybe three episodes a week if there's a holiday on a Monday. Um, I did like like um the first one. Stop attacking the plaza. That takes place right after TKO, so it has some continuity there. And in the video channel episode, we see Kale still has that dog face, so we do have some continuity here. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of concerning. They're just gonna be <laughs> animals forever now. That's Boom, that's it. Human suit. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to the uh, the uh, the furry episode. I think is what most are dubbing it. But <laughs> oh. um, but but yeah, I I, uh, I I think what Michelle said is is accurate. Like at least to me, I think it's going at the at the same rhythm it was going before TKO. But I think that's a good thing. Like it, it's still keeping the balance of like uh, a lot of lighthearted episodes. You throw in the occasional plot episode to keep our attention. But since your focus is on humor and you're fu- you're funny in almost every episode, so I'm still inclined to keep going and you always throw me the nice bone every once in a while so i i I enjoy the pace that it's taking even if it is a bit slower than other shows that we we're accustomed to watching these days yeah yeah but um let's uh let's talk about uh, out of these eight episodes if there was one that really stood out to us a, a favorite um Let's go to um, let's go to Carlton first. Uh, out of the the eight we've seen since TKO, what what's the one that stood out to you the most? Honestly, the one that really stood out to me the most, it's a toss up between No More Power Cards and The Power Is Yours for the nostalgia factor of it. Mm. Uh, just getting Lavar Burton and the original Captain Planet voice actor to come back was fantastic. Uh, I think it was a very interesting. They used some more classic anime tropes and some of their animation t- uh, styles for it, but uh, No More Power Cards had a, a great message to it, and it also set the the bar for how to actually gain a full hero level with Dendi. It also revealed something about Dendi's species. He's not human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's a kappa. Uh. Yeah, we we have revealed that uh, Dendi is from a species of semi-aquatic creatures who are forced to live in tunnels because the land creatures moved into their territory. I guess so adorable. But I thought the other coppers are they kind of look like turtles to me. Yeah, like in the flashback, they looked a lot like turtles, but then later, like it it looked a bit evolved. But especially Dendi herself doesn't really look like a turtle to me. Um, but yeah, at th- that episode was very interesting. We'll go back to the Captain Planet one, but just uh, no more POW cards. Like to me, that was very interesting because it did seem like it was trying to hit a very serious message of well, like basically touching on racism, right? The fact that these mm-hmm. Kappas mm-hmm. have been made to look bad due to stories that like one Kappa did something, therefore they all st- they're all meaningless to society. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, uh, even more interesting is that uh, the um, the creator of Power Cards, uh, Mr. Cardsley, who's voiced by Clancy Brown, by the way. Clancy Brown always does great <laughs> oh, work whenever, oh my whenever he shows okay, up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the fact that like he's like, oh okay, yeah, the, uh, we'll let them in as long as they make us money, right? So. Like right. The, the <laughs> fact like, that oh well, capitalism, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, and, and the, the, there's definitely a message to be pulled there, right? The, like. For example, Hollywood, which has been a theme that we've touched on before, Hollywood will only touch on like minorities if there's a financial gain to be taken out of it. So it's mm-hmm. like it's I guess a cynical but a realistic view on just how racism works in terms of the the, me- the media 
And something that it seems that has been a theme because we've had that episode before already with uh, how they treated Rad uh, yeah, at the same time. Yeah, oh sure. yeah, poor Rad. <laughs> yeah, so like that part I found very interesting. Also in the begin in the beginning when they're discussing to the, um, get rid of their power cards, that uh, they have this uh, debate on top of the volcano about like I know it's wrong because because they are discriminatory, but I enjoy the media so. <laughs> And that, that's also a discussion that I'm sure has had the, the fact that, like, you know that an, an industry or something you enjoy has the prob- problematic aspects mm-hmm. to it, but you're, you're willing to compartmentalize that even though other people may not. And it, it is an interesting encapsulation of that debate that's been going on, especially in more recent times as things have gotten more divided, the, the fact that this is a thing that we all have to deal with at one point or another if we watch enough mm-hmm. television or enough movies. Just this idea that like you you can really love of content, but then also be very aware of its problems and its flaws and be critical of that at the same time that you love it for whatever reasons are personal to you. I think that's like a good mention because a lot of people like, especially with things that maybe they grew up with that they have a very like personal attachment to if somebody points out a law they can get very like angry about and be like but i love it so i refuse to see any problem with it like that's not i would argue that's not great or helpful but to have kind of not even a conflicted relationship but just like to be able to be more objective about the flaws of something and still like it for your own reasons is like a pretty good stance to have i would say on like a lot of things because no content's really perfect Oh, I agree. Everything does have problems. So right. it's good to be willing to see that for what it is and not like try to make it better to make yourself feel better about liking it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think like, like a lot of like stuff made by big corporations, they've probably done some shady stuff. But, you know, it's, sometimes you have to know when to take a stand and when not to because if you just boycott every little thing by, done by a corporation that did something you don't agree with, you probably won't have anything. Right, but at the same time, we see here that like even though they don't throw away their uh, their power cards, they do take some sort of action. Stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. They, they want to change the way they're made. Fight the power. <laughs> yeah, so like it, it's a it's an interesting line that they're trying to walk here, and uh, 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 Carl uh, Carlton, like in terms of just this, uh, I, I've heard some people complain that this episode was a little preachy at times, but like, how do you feel just like in terms of how it balanced, like, transmitting the message versus just being entertaining. I think the the social commentary piece of it was actually really well-founded because, you know, mm. we do have this fan-favorite Dendi character, and we're all wondering, yes. <laughs> where where are you from? What What's happening here? And we not only get some backstory on Dendi, but we also get some backstory on the society that we live in outside of the plaza in this show. And I think that's really important. So I wouldn't say it was preachy. I'd say it's more world expanding. And now that they're now that Kappas are featured in the Pal cards, we may see a lot more Kappas show up. They, yeah. they said yeah. They said this episode was preachy. I don't know who's complaining about that, but boy, I wonder what they thought. The power is yours. <laughs> <laughs> that is that wasn't even trying to hide it. That was preaching his own way, but I think that was part of the joke. Right, right. Also, I think like the the like Captain Planet like it was a bit like oh, like beating you on the head with it, whereas this was trying to be a bit more subtle about it. But that right, that yeah. obviously bothers some people, like going over the top versus being real about things. 
But uh, yeah, also you bring up a good point, Carlton, that like uh, we're using Dendi, who is, we've already seen a lot of times we've already fallen in love with. So it's e it, it, the show has made it easier for us to sympathize with her because we've already seen her do good things. And even KO alludes to that, right? Like everybody right. says that Kappas uh, don't really do anything of significance, but KO and all of us have seen her do lots of good things. So that, that helps a lot in terms of backstory and the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. So so yeah that was a very interesting episode and I thought one one of the one of the better ones of this batch um mm -hmm. also you mentioned the Captain Planet one and so we'll go back to that uh, you mentioned you have some nostalgia about it uh, me personally I don't think I've ever watched an episode Wait, <laughs> when did it come out was it one of those it was, that came out in the 80s it was one of those like early mid 90s shows yeah. oh okay yeah um, Captain Planet was about so the 90s we, I remember that show we would have been maybe alive for that yeah, it's an Oprah Winfrey. No, not Oprah. Um, oh, I was gonna no, be no. like, whoa. It's, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was Gaia. In, oh, really? In the show, in, in the show. Oh, that's I don't think amazing. she had lines in this one. She did. That would have been a hard person to get on short notice. So, yeah. I, I remember Captain Planet, and and it has no nostalgic value for me because I never cared much for it. It's just as much as I never cared much for like Power Rangers and stuff like that. So. But I, I was aware of it. I knew the premise of the show. Mm. You know, this really wasn't for me. But I do know the theme song. That's catchy. Yeah. It's a catchy <laughs> theme song, that's for sure. And it, it wasn't that bad of a show. It had some great, talented voice actors on it. Yeah, I knew well, about the heart power. And I remember being baffled. I'm like, what does that have to do with the planet? And then someone was like, no, Michelle. It's like, you love the planet. So that's the power. And I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah. So yeah, I didn't know about the heart going into yeah. this. So so You're when like, I when I, heart, right? no, when I see okay. KO KO getting a signed heart, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> no, it is perfect for him though. <laughs> Captain so Planet, the, in... Captain Planet, he's like a he's kind of like Voltron, I guess. The ring yeah. to uh, the lions. <laughs> yeah, in the original show, you never really saw what the heart ring did. It was just kind of waves of red energy. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think he did much. Well, I guess here all his power did was like uh, um, help make, summon, ma yeah. make people care. <laughs> <laughs> that can be effective, I guess, yeah. when it comes to saving the planet. Yeah. I guess if you're a care bear, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, it helps we're, we're... you unplug your electronics when you're not using them. That's something. Yeah, that, solar that... panels. Let, let's yeah, talk about solar that. Panels. That that ending scene where we switched to Captain Planet style was uh, that very was jarring. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So seeing everyone that style was really great. It made me happy. And I was like, geez, animation was different in the '90s. Wow, everything's so round now. <laughs> that was my takeaway. This is what separate show maybe from make you a little more. Adventure Time, a little less Steven, is it's going to be very experimental. Um, and I don't think you know, Steven Universe I, it has such a structured story. I don't think it can really get too experimental. But okay, KO kind of has that freedom to, to go out there sometimes. For sure. Um, also, like connecting to the crossover, we have a Kwame voiced by Lavar Burden here. And uh, at, when he enters, he says, "Has everyone given up, like my fellow planeteers?" So, oh, are, are, are burn. we? To, are, That's are we, awful. Are we awful to believe shame. that the rest of the team, like after Captain Planet was done, they're like, "Okay, we're done saving the world." Well, yeah, that was yeah. that line where he's like. Um... Everyone stopped caring, and that's why the planeteers left to get real jobs 27 years ago. Get real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> get 
good enough. Don't you like? I thought eventually. Don't you like eventually age and you have to ha- pass the torch to someone else? I always figured that you know they would have new planeteers take their place. It'd be like a generational thing, you know. Yeah. You, did Kwame look any older at all in this? <laughs> no. No. We no. Did not. Okay, so That's then what Poppy there... gets for not abandoning the cause. He never ages. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're immortal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, also the the other character we had as return was Doctor Blight, who is the eco terrorist who teams up with uh, Lord Botsman. Uh, I believe she is also a character from the original series. Was that Meg Ryan forcing her just again, or no? Uh, as far as I saw, only LeVar Burden and David Coburn were returning oh, voice actors, right. so they must have gotten somebody different for her. But, uh, yeah, she was interesting. <laughs> uh, if one-dimensional, yeah. like, basically. Uh, uh, I love how Boxman, like, says, destroy the world, but aren't we in it? Like, how that doesn't make sense, like, you want to destroy the world when you're in it? I mean, <laughs> that's sort of making fun of, like, the... Uh, the motives of the villains in the original show and the Captain Planet show. Which well, I, I think I think that's just a commentary on villains in the 80s and 90s, right? <laughs> like yeah. The, yeah. It, was, it was always, we want to destroy the world. But then, like, once the world is destroyed, what's left Where for you to use it for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so we have all, all these callbacks to, to the Captain Planet, but um, as for the actual episode, like, at least for me, there weren't a lot of jokes here at least compared to some of the other episodes uh, i think it would end up being like middle of the road uh, do you guys have any uh, hot takes from where the other on how to feel about this mm, as someone who didn't know a lot about captain planet as a show that existed beforehand i i i couldn't jump on the nostalgia train Carlton but like I don't think it was a bad episode but like yeah it wasn't like high on the laughs but I think you know the fact that they got people to come back for it and that they spent a lot of like loving care changing the animation style like I think that's kind of great in of itself even though like there weren't a lot of memorable lines it had to it had a different goal in mind so I think that's that's okay you know it's a standalone episode yeah it's uh, it's all right episode I guess um I'm not like a big Captain Planet fan, so I had no nostalgic value for me. It's just, you know, just an episode. They had some cool, like, funny animation at the very end. It was a funny episode. It was all right. Yeah, it was definitely more of a fan service episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure the um the dozens of Captain Planet fans out there <laughs> will, will have enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, that's probably that's probably too harsh. Uh, maybe, All twelve maybe, of us. <laughs> maybe there's hundred. Maybe they reach a hundred, but. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was that was the most recent episode we had. Um, and so yeah, now let's go to Steve. Well, what what was your favorite episode of this group here? Favorite episode of this group. Okay, let me. Let me see. Um, I so many of these I liked. Um, uh, stop attacking the plaza was pretty good, but I'm probably uh, probably um maybe uh, the uh, another the stakeout one. That probably was probably my my favorite. Though I really liked the one with the rad in love episode. That mm. okay? You've mentioned like three different episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to look up the list here of the episodes that recently aired. So yeah, put put your flag in one. 
Uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, uh, all right. I'll tell you right now, my favorite of these episodes was, well, I think we already named it. I guess it's probably the No More Pow cards because you know why, because I'm a biased person towards my Dendi. Uh, I, I agree with you. Dendi is best. Yeah, Dendi is the best. <laughs> Dendi's MVP. Yeah. yeah Dendi is awesome, but um, personally, I think I like the uh, yeah. Rad likes robots. That's probably maybe my favorite right of those because I just thought that was just a nice, funny little kind of parody episode of uh, kind of Romeo and Juliet or slash Red Side West Side Story. Because I think it's sort of like to put it on a play, and also kind of answers my questions over Boxman's robots. How do they function? Like when they get, you know, blown up, do they retain their memories and stuff? So I, we, that, that question was finally answered, and and I know in a part though when um when Daryl and you know and the other one they were like they're, they're panicking over breaking them up, and I'm like, chill, it's rad. He's gonna mess it up on his own. I've seen Aww. it before. So. You have such little faith in Radically. <laughs> he couldn't have known about that plan. Yeah. Well, that's what happened in Romeo and Juliet, if you know. They both yeah. committed suicide because one didn't know the other was going to fake their death. So that's a nice homage to, to a classic. And Shannon does redeem herself for actually being able to sing. So we remember. Yeah, we... I, I was gonna bring that up. That you you have proved yourself incorrect after saying that in a previous podcast. <laughs> I never said she couldn't sing. I'm just saying I don't know. I wasn't sure, but okay. Now now she but, has yeah. proven herself. I do like to see though. Yeah, it's always great to see some of Boxman's you know children. I mean, it's so in a way they're all kind of adorable. They're like uh, they're the team rocket of the show, pretty much. They're team rocket. <laughs> yeah, they're harmless. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely want to say that, that his kids have improved a lot from the beginning of the show because I, I think what like individually they're not really impressive, oh. but like oh. when when they have these episodes where they team up together, like uh, also um uh, the the first episode of um what is it called uh, the stop attacking the plaza like that one I really enjoyed too. It's you know, just like them you know, interacting with each other. You know a lot. What impressed me about them is that is that they were really concerned about Shannon being discontinued. I got the impression early on in the series that they just had a, they were just competitors and they would just love like each other to be gone so they could just be Boxman's only robot. So it kind of showed a different side to them. So you know it, they are more like brother and sister, not just competitors. Because I, I initially when the series began, I just thought they were cutthroat competitors. Oh, okay. Yeah, I um, definitely like them more from a sibling angle. Yeah, as competitors, it's just more fun, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one more point. I just want to talk about stop attacking pleasure quickly. I just want to say that am I the only one who thought that Pasma, whatever her name was, kind of thought she was kind of hot. I kind of had. I kind of thought, even though she's a little older, I kind of, I thought she was very attractive. You know what? I'll hop on that train with you. I won't let you be the only one here. <laughs> I have no comment on this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just be, before we move on to, to that episode uh, with the Rad Likes Robots, uh, I, I just want to say like that one, I think was one, one of, although it's probably not the, be the best episode of this batch, but I think it's like the almost the funniest one I want to say of this entire thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> like a how, like, it was the most silly. Like, yeah, silly it made part of itself way. a lot in the process of doing the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, also, they, they have this uh, love song in the middle. It kind of reminded me of SpongeBob, like, uh, just the crabs <laughs> and <laughs> yes. love singing to each other. Yeah. Uh, I found it interesting the decision to give Rad a different voice for singing. I, I wasn't a fan of that. Like, I'd rather just you sing badly, but make it your own voice. But. I, I don't know if that's just me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, Sterling Jarvis was this was the singer for Rad in that segment there. Um, yeah. Otherwise, there's there's not too much here to pick. Uh, oh wait, I just so, looked up some of the voice lists here on the series, and one of the other planeteers, Cat Sorcy, she appeared in an episode, so there's no reason they couldn't have gotten her character to appear in the Captain Planet one. Oh. Well, maybe there's a a, a a conflict with the planeteers. She quit because yeah. they went to no, get a real job. Before you know? they wrote the episode, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, okay, so we we've covered uh, that one. That wasn't one I thought we were gonna hit this early, but. <laughs> um, well, and I couldn't I couldn't do the um the no more pow cart. That was my yeah. real favorite because you know this is a Dendi centered episode, but. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Michelle, do you have uh, what what would be your favorite episode of this batch? I don't think we've asked you yet. We we have all talked a lot about no more pound cards, so I will just say that is my wow. favorite episode. Yeah, okay, no, it's so good though. It's such a good episode. Um, for whatever reason, I ended up liking Ko's video channel a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I think it's just it makes one up so much about like having like like channel culture in a way that's super great mm-hmm. and i love that like they went from being like really skeeved up to be like oh my god it's like a journal of like all of our adventures and kale loves us so much and he really shouldn't delete this because it's great and yeah. then like the the in- of their like car chase before he's like he like forgets how to like delete a channel and he has to like re-enter a new password and wait for the email yeah. it's like it's so <laughs> real and meta and i love it so that uh, one actually ended up being pretty high on my list. They didn't too. make it. They didn't make it. I so know. <laughs> yeah, that 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 hurt. <laughs> it was sad, but it ended up being fine because he was like, "Well, that's okay. Like, what I really wanted was for you guys to be on my channel by choice, anyway. So now we can just make <laughs> our own videos together." Yeah. Uh, it was I, like, "Oh my god, this is so pure. Good job." I, I do want to say about that episode. I think that one gave me the biggest laugh of the the AMV. <laughs> it's just oh the, my god. God, the so the really great. badly sung music in the <laughs> background. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So, so happy. Yes, I noticed that too. It was great. Yeah, uh, and of does course, it Rad. Seem as how did he get that? Has footage? a crush on Rad? Yeah, what was that oh. about? She was what? creeping out of the house in the morning. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was her crush on Rad or more her just yeah. being a creeper. Because then you sometimes be, be like that. That's fair. She does like to appear out of Rad's van. Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying how weird Dendi can just pop out out of nowhere. Um, you know, she reminds me of I don't know if you guys seen the show Lucy Loud, The Loud House. How she can just appear out of nowhere. That's part of her running gag. That's kind of why I saw it in Dendi in that episode. She just it's just more of a gag, but. I don't know. Should I question Red? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, because she has popped out of things before. Like also in the arcade, she like pops out of the machine or whatever. <laughs> so that 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 is kind of her thing. But she seems to focus on Red. So I I 
I'm maybe willing she to buy. Have a crush, actually. Yeah, yeah maybe I'm, I'm willing to buy into this theory. Uh, and um, also, well, and any other um, short videos that you uh, recall from that? Because it, it, that was a lot of just like little vignettes in that with episode. With a lot of stuff, I for some reason seeing him fight with the action figures and one had Enid's face on it, I thought was like really cute. Ko or, is pure. Or like, oh, when he was being the emo Ko. Oh, and then he was like mortified <laughs> that his mom was in the background. <laughs> it was yeah. like after that one, it's getting too real, and Rad's like, "Yeah, that was pretty good." Yeah, Carlton, do you have any additional highlights to point pull out of this? I feel like we hit a lot of the great clips. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really enjoyed the one where he first got his vest. You know, yeah. that first day, real sweet. Because mm-hmm. we, I think, you know, it's good to get reminded that Ko is like a kid. He's like mm-hmm. six years old, or seven, or eight, mm-hmm. or eleven. Between maybe? six and eleven is eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, it, it was a very funny episode. Uh, funny episode for sure. And, like, I, I want to say like it's an because this really reminded me of those shorts that Steven Universe put out recently, where it was just like all of Steven's videos being uploaded, and I felt like this was a better version of that. <laughs> I kind yeah. of agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we we've talked about our favorite episodes, but now I guess we can touch on the ones that we haven't talked about. Uh, oddly enough, let's have a stakeout, which is the more plotty of these episodes. None of us have mentioned. Well, I, we, we've sort of I mentioned, almost mentioned but... it. I almost mentioned it. If on my top three. Yeah. It's so fine. It's just not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I, I agree. Like it, it's a bit. I think it's a bit slow at the beginning because it like focuses too much on mr gar being awkward which i guess is a thing we've we've leaned on a lot but it's just it 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 wears after a bit i think and again that sandwich they haven't told us anything about that they taste which it's just yeah i don't i don't mind the pace of the the mystery it's just that we keep like using the same couple shots and then not progressing it at all that's what's bugging me i don't give me an extra frame yeah give me (laughs) an extra frame to work with uh but yeah so we do touch on like the, the two main plot elements here first uh, ko asks uh, mr gar why did you leave points and he has the sandwich flashback pop up and he says something like no matter how hard you try you're gonna mess it up and uh, then at at the end he like ties that back in by saying never forget that the chance to redeem yourself will always come so like I, I, we're slowly inching towards the idea that mr gar messed something up and that related also to carol where we pretty much implied it at this point um are you no she does not not seem mad at him at all he's the Mm. one who's awkward she seems fine yeah that that's the interesting thing right it's it seems all from his point of view like carol we we have gotten even less of about this entire thing um, but are are you guys still interested in this? Or like, at least to me, like, I'm starting to get frustrated with with that side of the plot. But uh, I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. I want to say, like, shadowy figure and who I can only assume may or may not be Professor Villainous, and right. his plot is uh is definitely far more interesting than learning about Point right now, just because it it's there and we're actually seeing what's happening as opposed to just getting a series of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh. But I would love to learn more, and I think this might have to do with like Ko's dad or or one of the their final missions or something. Okay. 
Yeah, and uh, we we can talk about Shadow Figure since I, I agree he he this side is the more interesting part of the story. So we have a shadowy figure like sneaking in and out of the plaza, and this is what causes Mr. Guard to say, "Okay, we're, we got to do a stakeout to figure out what he's doing." Uh, Mr. Guard leaves because of awkwardness, and the <laughs> shadowy figure happens to appear when Ko is alone. Who knows how much of that is on purpose? But um, yeah, so Ko follows in. He breaks open this door that he thinks shadowy figure went through. Turns out Shadow Figure wanted o- Ko to open the door to supposedly to steal these orbs, and he ends up leaving and just says, um, "My work here is done." When even though he gets away without taking any of these orbs, oh, so well, let, let's uh, let's talk theories here. Well, what what is uh, a Shadowy Figure's purpose in doing this entire thing? Well, let, Steve, you seem eager to share. Oh, I'm just saying. Um, that this episode uh, is. What Sari figure reminds me of episode nine of Teen Titans Mask. And, and Sari figure seems like he's playing these kind of mind games with KO, just like Slade was playing mind games with Robin in season one of Teen Titans. And I really don't know what his game his game is. Is it it's he it's just get TKO back? Um that's the only thing he could come up with, or is he really trying to get KO to the side of darkness or or he just trying to get TKO out of him like like the nine tails in Naruto I'm I don't know it could be all sorts of things that's an interesting point to hit although I found it interesting that we do see a shot here of TKO but uh KO rejects him he says uh, I'm not giving mm-hmm. in but even mm-hmm. even though he rejects him uh shadowy figure still leaves satisfied so that's why I'm not entirely sure that TKO himself is the target of this but uh, Michelle, do you have any thoughts on where this could possibly be heading? I think Shadowy Figure wants to get KO stronger in some sense. Um, the anger thing seems to be like KO has that under control at this point, so it's not really a concern. But the fact that maybe the fact that he was able to shrug it off, but he's still like, for some reason, Shadowy Figure knows that KO's like, you know, brimming with this like power potential. And, like, the whole issue of, like, him not being able to open the door, but he knew that KO could. Like, he knows so much about KO that KO doesn't even know about himself for who knows what reason. Hopefully we'll find out. But, like, yeah, it seems like him getting to master some sort of powers um, seems to be, like, a big part of what Shadowy Figure wants. Maybe for his own purposes, I don't know. Have we seen Shadowy Figure, like, legit fight at all? He's good at, like, dodging maneuvers, but does he have any power himself? Maybe that's part of the, like, thing that he's obsessed with, because, like, maybe KO has so much power he doesn't know how to use yet. And Shadowy Figure, like, doesn't have any, so he wants in on that. That's my theory. Hmm. Okay, uh, Carlton, do you have any response to that, or your own yeah. theories? So, I, I mean, that would make sense. He seems like he's more tech and evade based if mm-hmm. the theory holds true if he's actually professor venomous uh but you know seeing him and this is what i was thinking when he was stealing the orbs of light now if he's a scientist or a professor i'm thinking he might want to actually convert these orbs of light into like pure dark energy turning the entire plaza full of heroes into villains so he might be wanting to just fill the world with villains oh yeah. building an army type thing mm-hmm yeah, I, I've heard that too because I, I think I saw somewhere that these orbs are very similar to something that Dendi used earlier in the series to like get get a robot open or something like that. Do, do you guys remember like the first episode Dendi showed up and like the he she vaguely like, 
Yeah, she was like pulling some orbs that kind of look like this, and they had something to do with like giving the robots life or something. No, I just so, thought of something. So like it, it, it yeah. building an army thing definitely sounds like a, a like a long a long game plan. Um, yes, I just yes, thought something. Yeah. Well, if he if he that is his plan, does something like that. What if well somehow maybe Ko and maybe Red and Union Two somehow are shielded from this, or the Ko is, but it also but. You know, everyone turns evil, except Boxman and his robot children. They do the opposite effect. They turn good, and KO teams up with them to defeat all the corrupted heroes that turn into villains. I feel like this is the second time you've brought up a Boxman redemption arc. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I support if he's if he's turned good by the, but if he's turned good by force of his will, like <laughs> it's a weird, like bizarre world thing. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> I I support making Botsman more essential to plot if, if that, that's what, that's what you want. <laughs> but but yeah, there are definitely different ways to go with this. And I guess because it it feels ambiguous but more menacing, that that's why we we gravitate toward this side of the story <laughs> rather than point. But uh, yeah, I I think as we've discussed this, like it's more important to story. But I guess none of us mentioned it as our favorite, so it just ended up being a kind of okay episode just to like feel fit, uh, keep us moving i guess i think the problem is is that it's just not as good as tko so it just by standards it just it feels more of a, a step down that's just my opinion i because i really like tko a little bit more but uh-huh uh, tko was the introduction yeah. basically the shadowy yeah. figure so it's kind of hard to top that but <laughs> um but, but yeah so I guess now we will, as we've touched on on our favorites, so we'll just like breeze through a couple of the ones that we haven't mentioned. Um, stop! Stop attacking the plaza. We we sort of touched on it. Basically, this is um, the um, Lord Botsman being challenged by Miss Cosma and the board of investors to not attack for twenty four hours. We have the kids being goofy, like, "Oh, wait, what's wrong with you? Are you obsessed?" And no, I'm not. We have Lord. This somehow Lord Botsman, I think, is the one who does the first song of the show. Am I correct in this? You might be correct. Yeah, I think but, so. Like yeah. that's that's the weirdest decision of all time. <laughs> I honestly like Stop Attacking the Plaza like pretty like a lot though. I don't know why. It's a fun episode. I mean, it, like, it's, I'm not it's Lord Botsman as a character, but it was fun. Yeah, this is a fun episode. It was so ridiculous. It was goofy, right? It, yeah, it, it, and like, like I didn't even mind that he was singing. I'm like, this is happening. You know what? Why not? He's going through like the ultimate like withdrawal right now. Maybe this is the only way to get through the day for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, and actually, I love his children. Was so goofy. I love how Shannon tried to play the violin. I thought that was hilarious. And you're like, <laughs> like really worried about him. Like, yeah. What's wrong with you, Dad? I mean, he tied himself up in like a dark. Yeah. Room. <laughs> it was so yeah. crazy. It yeah, it's uh it reminds me of the it's sort of like the episode the, the one with Professor Villainous in it. It's the same thing when he's trying to like I guess like capture death, you name the episode when he's trying to not fight his villainous urges for for business reasons. Yeah, that that doesn't be a carryover from that last episode. Um uh, also I want to mention uh, Ernesto appears here. I want more Ernesto. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I forgot big, about him. 
big purple ball man with a top hat. He seems to be the, the serious businessman of the of the. Uh, is he a sibling of Shannon and uh, uh, and Daryl or? Like, is he meant to be their uncle or what? What is that relationship? I, don't know. I, don't I think know. him is that no. older brother that's already like gone off to school and is working and just coming back home to visit occasionally. You mm-hmm. went to robot school. Went to robot school. Robot <laughs> business school. Robot business school. Okay. Yeah, but I, I want more Ernesto. <laughs> but I did. Oh, hi, kids. Uh, you playing your <laughs> board games, eh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah um, stop attacking the plaza. Very goofy. Um, We've got fleas. I, I don't think we've mentioned this at all <laughs> so far. It's a weird one to talk about. That's why. That's the one yeah. the dogs, not, oh, the do- animals pretty much. They're animals now. Yeah, so just as a quick summary, we have this uh, this new Botsman creation, Michaela, who's like a robot cat dog thing, and uh, so they decide, oh, okay, we should become animals to defeat it, and so they get bitten by Crinkly Wrinkly, who gives them a curse. Uh, Enid turns into a bunny, Red <laughs> turns into a cat, and Ko turns into a puppy. Uh, I-, I think perfect selections all, all the way around. Yeah. Accurate. Um, <laughs> But uh, eventually they defeat Michaela, but they have to stay animals because they can't figure out a way to reverse the curse. And then we have this ending. Um, I think this is the main thing to talk about, right? Like, uh, yeah. uh, we have, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Potato is what they call the bunny kid. Yeah. Uh, that She decides, like, oh, if you want to um, feel the way you want to feel, come to this party and... It ends up being a human cosplay party. Which is really weird. Like, I see what they're trying to do, but it's weird. Yeah, like, it does seem to be going trying to do some social commentary, because also there's the speech that the, the rabbit gives at the end, like, this is a place of acceptance. Some yeah. of us have realized that this makes us feel more like ourselves. So you can kind of draw, like, uh, this is like a metaphor for, like, identifying as a different... Uh, orientation or 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 yeah or or species (laughs) like some people will take it superficially and say this is kind of like the uh, just talking about furries uh, but i I think there's only something deeper that they're trying to go for here but it's just it's wrapped up in the strange (laughs) circumstances that uh, it's no more pow cards does this a lot better than we've got please yeah although it does redeem michaela a little bit yeah which was weird why was she because like we met her that episode like she was barely created and all of a sudden she's like no no i want to go to the human con though that's my true calling yeah and uh, her idea of cosplay is just wearing a shirt that says human <laughs> yes! no, that was actually on point as a cosplay i i, I love that uh, yeah that was a funny bit right there the human shirt it, it was just a weird episode the ending it's just one of those head scratchers that you don't know if you're gonna follow up on, or if it's just something you're just never gonna bring up again. Yeah, because it, we have we have some it, kind it, of continuity it, because it, in the and yeah yeah the it, video channel yeah, episode yeah. we have that. And that's the thing: the difference between like the human con and them is like they were human, well, sort of, but now they're like <laughs> animals forever. It's a costume they can never take off, and that's kind of messed up. Oh yeah, I guess in a way also I guess you can represent though people who are who are born with physical ability disabilities and people who gain them by getting into an accident. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah th- there's definitely yeah. different ways you can interpret yeah. this episode. No, 
Yeah, but um, I I think we agree that no more pow cards does social commentary much better. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's hear what else do the Heroes only fate. other episode we haven't covered yet is a hero's fate. Um. Yeah, this, but... Was this the worst though? The was this the worst episode? I was about what? to say that it kind it probably is. It wasn't a bad episode. Yeah, it wasn't and bad. It, it has a good message. Like people really do need to take breaks or you're going to make yeah. yourself sick no matter what you're doing. But like, it just was kind of okay. It wasn't yeah. like really funny. Wasn't really like weird. It was just okay. Yeah. yeah we, was... we should mention that this is kind of also a fan service episode. Since this appears yeah. to be a tie in with the uh, Ian Jones Cordy's webcomic RPG right. world. Which is pretty, so... it's pretty nice. Actually. I think that's really cute that he did um, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure fans, right. fans of that comic enjoyed this a lot, like seeing their characters come back for one it. final run. But um, yeah, just like, I, I guess, and also I guess if anybody who's played video games can relate to the whole grinding part of yeah. this, like, you know, yeah. leveling up, leveling up just to, get to the one enemy but yeah it was very repetitive i know that was the point of the episode but it doesn't exactly make for interesting watching all the time also it aired it aired the same day as let's have a stakeout so it kind of gets lost in the in the shuffle here yeah um, yeah yeah, carlton i I think i had one of my favorite like exchanges out of all eight of these episodes when uh the hero says to ko's like ko i love you and ko's just like okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 that, that was a random like i love you <laughs> it felt a little yeah, out of place you. <laughs> you just accept so he's like all right thanks all right okay yeah. whatever um is the baby whose name is spaghetti does that is that like a tie into the comic or is that just a joke uh, no uh, i don't know i have no idea yeah there that, yeah because na- naming your kids after foods is a very risky proposition <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so um yeah we, we've covered pretty much all the episodes um a- after considering all of this do, do you have like a, a favorite character to come out of this or like so- something new that popped out at you that we haven't really seen in the previous episodes oh oh um <laughs> i really like dramatically scrubbed up sweater from that all right, one all right that, that's the thing you want to highlight sure <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah it's so great though i love it he keeps wearing crop top outfits it's so good <laughs> that's my big takeaway uh, I, yeah, I i just uh i just love i actually i was sucker for the uh, red lights robots I, I at first i was sort of ste- skeptical of just of that of, of red and shannon because shannon's a robot Good or evil, she's a robot. So what are you gonna do there? But they're actually kind of cute together, believe it or not. Personally, I think I prefer that over Rad and Eden because you know that's just too weird for me. But <laughs> but, yeah, but we yeah, but yeah, I love, yeah, we got barely touching on the Rad Enid ship this, this group of episodes. I, I think love, just yeah. Ko's video channel. We have that AMV, and, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. but, but I want to see more of. Uh, of Dendi just being awesome, being the, this hero now that she got her hero card. Yeah. Um, Carlton, anything new from this batch of episodes that yeah. stood out to you? So I think, you know, we get to see just how much work it takes to get to hero level one yeah. from that Dendi episode. Like, Dendi's act of heroism affected an entire population, and that's what got her to level one. 
So I'm, I'm guessing that we're going to see something down the road that, you know, especially with this uh, Professor Villainous slash shadowy figure plot that KO, Rad, and Eni are going to get a little boost in their ranks because they're going to have to stave the entire plaza. Yeah. And at least for, for me personally, the thing I got out of this, I, I now look to the Lord Botsman family episodes with a lot more uh, hype. Because, yeah. Like the, the, the two episodes that they got were were very funny from beginning to end. I, I think of good improvement on that front. So I want more Shannon. I, I'm, I'm okay with Daryl. And I definitely want more Ernesto. <laughs> I always want more Raymond. Yeah! yeah. No, Raymond's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Raymond's okay. Yeah. Oh. That prom so episode was the yeah. best. De- definitely, it's definitely. So good. Listen, if we can have Rad and Shannon, maybe a Rain and Eden episode. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I we have to ship everyone. I want more non-trade ships. That was. I know, but just for comical effects, I'm not really saying an actual ship. You know, just. Yeah, we can do Raymond and that skeleton guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be interesting. I also kind of like the skeleton guy just because his voice is so, like, particular. I also <laughs> want to see Miss Cosma again. Yeah, she got a very brief showing there, but she seems to be important. Like, she's the leader of whoever gives Botsman <laughs> money. You know, Miss Professor Villainous, I mean, Dr. Villainous? Or was it Professor Villainous? Uh, Professor Venomous, you're thinking. Venomous, of. yeah. Yeah, maybe they got a history. Maybe they have some association. I don't know if uh, not Ven- all villains like each other. Steve. I know, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> if Ven- I don't know if Venice's uh, assistant may not care for her. I don't think she cares for anybody. That Venice's assistant. Well, no, I kind of want to see again. Yeah, we have a serious lack of Fink in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, on that note, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll begin to wrap up here. Um, if you enjoyed this discussion on OKKO, you can find out all the info on our podcast at overlyanimated.com, where you can find links to our podcast about OKKO and all the other animated shows we cover. You can join us on Discord if you want to chat with us directly about what we talked about today. If you have any disagreements on our um, evaluation of certain episodes. If you want to school us on Captain Planet nostalgia, mm-hmm. um, you, you can join us there at overlyanimated.com slash discord. And of course, you can support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Uh, we want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Jamie, a.k.a. Mailman. And uh, thanks as always to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and yours truly. Um, so be- before we leave, any final thoughts uh, on on OKKO? Give us more dandy, please. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I like we've ended that this that way for the past three episodes. I know, but look what they gave us an amazing episode. Also, that was really good. Also, I want to see Elodie again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now that's the truth. Eden ship, right? Okay, so uh, on that yeah, note, uh, we have more, more Dendi, more Elodie, more Ernesto. On that note, adios. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Bye.